Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello, uh, friends. Uh, welcome to another season and episode of uh, Wisdom of Friends. And I'm your host, Cal Ross. And today I'm really delighted to be introducing you to a good friend of mine. Her name is Kathy Fire. Kathy is your possibility partner, providing professionals with the coaching support they need to write their books. She's the author of six books, including On Your Mark from First Word to First Draft in Six Weeks. Before her new business launch in 2014, Kathy was an employment strategist with several business and HR consulting firms and also led her own company, Innovative Management Concepts, for more than 20 years. Kathy combines her talents as a speaker and a knowledge of business issues to provide innovative and inspirational learning events. She has also served on the faculty for the Society for human resource management for their national seminar programs and has provided keynotes and workshops for hundreds of clients. Friends, in this episode, Kathy and I explore a multitude of topics, including starting your writing careers, identifying your core message, the future of the publishing industry, and much more. So without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Kathy Fire. So hello, uh, Kathy. Uh, welcome to another uh, season, another episode of uh, Wisdom of Friends. And I'm so delighted that you took the time to be on this program. And let me start off with how we first met. You made a trip to uh, Seattle Pacific uh, Northwest chapter here, NSA chapter, not too long ago. And we had so uh, something like nine inches of snow. And, you know, you <laughs> were really brave in making that trip and and still leading a powerful session for all our chapter members. And uh, we still talk about, you know, your wisdom, your generosity, and just the ability to be flexible with everything that was going on. So, and I'm so glad uh, that, uh, you know, you're here on the show and sharing your wisdom with our audience. So again, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I have to say, I did not expect Snowmageddon when I came to Seattle, <laughs> but it was crazy. It was crazy. But uh, we, we the show went on, and uh, we were able to deliver a great program, I believe. <laughs> no, that is so great. And uh, one of the ways, Kathy, we kick off our show is by asking our guests a simple yet profound question, and that is, what is your favorite quotation or philosophy that you live by, and how have you applied it to your life? Hmm. Uh, I like um, the statement, the quote, um, make no little plans. They have no power to move one's life. Make big plans. Aim high in hope and work. And I think that whole notion of thinking big, thinking uh, broad, and um, the sky's the limit. So uh, not to limit your possibilities. And that's what I love doing in my work is helping people think bigger about their businesses, helping them envision a book and what that means to become an author. And that is really exciting. No, that is so great. And, uh, you know, it, uh, you always exude confidence uh, in your uh, webinars and your uh, presentations. And, you know, uh, people listening to you, 
you and the audience that, who participate in your workshops and seminars and even private coaching uh, is that uh, they walk away with uh, a sense of potential that they may not have uh, tapped into before. They, they start looking and believing in their greatness again. And that's something that you provide either through your uh, coaching with your books and your just inspiration in general. And I want to get into uh, how you help people with, uh, you know, uh, with their book strategies and helping them uh, market themselves and brand themselves. But before we get into that, I'm curious about uh, where did you grow up and how would you describe your childhood? In other words, uh, what did your parents do and uh, how did that shape your life? Oh, that's a great question. I'm a, I almost never get that question. Um, I grew up, I'm the firstborn, so I am the bossy one. <laughs> I, I grew up, by my brother and sister telling me incessantly that I was not their mother. Uh, and so, um, uh, but I do like to be in control. I do like to run the, the show. Uh, my dad was a physician. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, at least while my dad was alive. And then when he passed away really early at the, at the age of 40, um, she decided, well, she needed to go back to work, and uh, she did. And not only did she go back to work, but she also went back and she pursued her college degree. She had an undergraduate no, an associate degree, and she went back to pursue her undergrad degree and then her master's, so I was very, very proud of her. Uh, so I had great parents, a great childhood, and um, very, very blessed and very, um, yeah, very blessed. <laughs> no, that is such an inspiring story, and it reminds me of my mom. I mean, she always had this dream of uh, pursuing law, so you wouldn't believe this. At the age of 51, she goes back to law school and gets a law degree. I mean, that is, uh, I mean, I, I'm always blown away by people who focus and participate in their continuous education and living their dreams. So that's so great. Uh, so the next question that comes up for me is, you also have been an HR professional, is that correct? Yes. For many years, before I started my speaking business, I was in human resources. My last corporate job was at Kentucky Fried Chicken here in Louisville, Kentucky, and I loved my job. Had uh, I probably would still be there today had they not reorganized, and um, they were in one of those phases of they were centralized, so they were decentralizing, and so my job was moving away from Louisville. My husband was based here. Uh, he had had his business here, so it was a decision as to whether I would have a commuter marriage or start something new, and I decided to start something new. So that's how I got into business on my own, and um, so I was an author and a speaker and consultant in that space for many years, for more than 20 years, and then... Um, I got this little nudge. Uh, I was looking for something new and different. It was actually, uh, after a while, I was in my own business. My, when my mom passed away, I felt like I was sort of limping along in my business, and um, I felt like I really wanted to be part of a team again. So um, I went back to work for a consultancy. I left my solo business, and what I found out was that um, – I'm an entrepreneur. I have no business working for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so um, 
I, I but I was sort of stuck. What do I do? Do I become an HR uh, leader on my own again? What do I do? But I got a call from the National Speakers Association, my chapter, and they said, uh, Kathy, we understand that you wrote one of your books in less than six weeks. Is that right? And I said, well, yes, actually, I wrote at, my, at the time, uh, four out of my five books. And they said, awesome. Do you have a process? And I thought, oh, wow, that is a really great question. Do I have a process? And um, so I said, yeah, I guess I, I guess I really do have a process. He said, would you be willing to give a program for our chapter on your process? And I said, yes, I would be, I would be honored. He said, but but before you say yes, we have two of our chapter members who are working on their books. Would you be willing to coach them using your process and then give a program to the chapter? And I said, uh, you had me and give a program, <laughs> but I'm totally in because, you know, I, I knew it worked for me, but I was curious did it worked for anybody else. So as I'm coaching these two women, they were uh, they still are very good friends, and they said to me, Kathy, have you ever thought about becoming a book coach? And I said, no, I don't even know. Is there a thing? <laughs> is, there, um, is there a need? And they said, oh, yes, a lot of people want to write their books, but they don't know how to start, or they get started and they get stuck. They said, yes, there is absolutely a need. So I thought, that's so interesting. Um, but uh, we went through the process. I gave my program for the chapter. And once again, I've been a member now of NSA um, here in Kentucky for mm, 31 years now. And so my friends came up to me after the program and said, Kathy, have you ever thought about leaving HR and becoming a book coach? And I said, well, I have now. <laughs> and that really was the, the launch of my new business. That was uh, in the spring of 2013. Mm. And by January of 2014, I put my business plan together and launched my new business as a book coach. Well, that is fantastic. And it's uh, it's really a remarkable journey. And just to recap, it sounds like you started off as an HR uh, professional. And at that time, there wasn't any hint of becoming a book coach. And then there was an opportunity where you had to make a life choice about being a, you know, a commuter marriage or, you know, start something on your own. So you then went on to uh, do some uh, author and speaking cons- as a consultant. And then you went back to HR again. And then there was a uh, a call from one of your uh, well wishers or customers, if you will, to say, "Hey, do you have a process of writing a book?" And then you, <laughs> and then it kind of led to, "Would you be willing to coach someone who is already in the process of writing a book?" And then that that whole book coach uh, branding kind of evolved from there. So now that is really an amazing story. So one of the questions, Kathy, we often get on our calls is from our audiences, you know, people who are looking to find their calling or people who are already successful at their profession in a lot of different ways, but it's not fulfilling. It's not satisfying because they know that there's something something else out there they're meant to do, but they just don't have the clarity around it. So what would you say based on your experience and having helped so many other uh, people write their books and uh, get their message out, what would be your advice to somebody in that uh, scenario? What what suggestions would you have for them? Well, it's interesting because I was I was really um, I was praying actually a lot at the time. Um, 
you know, God, please give me some direction. What what would you have me do? What is it that I'm being called to do? I felt like there was something else for me, but I did not know what it was. And this call, it felt like it just came right out of the blue. And so I have to believe it didn't really come out of the blue. It was straight from God. Mm. And uh, so I listened to the call and responded to the call. And sometimes it's just a matter of that. It's um, it's. Uh, it's really being mindful of the, the, the clues that are around you in the universe and, and then heeding the call, I think, some, when, when you are called. Because it, what's funny about me being a book coach is, number one, no teacher ever said I was a really good writer and I should pursue writing. Mm. Number two, I really don't like to write. Uh, it's never been easy for me. So I'm not like a natural writer. And... Um, and it's just almost preposterous that I'm not only an author, but a book coach. <laughs> so, so it's sometimes it's just being open to um, what you're being called to do. The other thing that's interesting is that, um, yeah, I never would have planned this for myself, but by being uh, attentive to what was going on around me, what what uh, signals were being given to me, what my friends were saying, I felt like this was really the right thing to do. And I have to say, I have never been happier in my entire life than I have been right now. Uh, I love this business. I love this calling. I feel like this is what I've been preparing to do my entire life. And wow, I mean, it just doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> No, it's, uh, that's really uh, very uh, very interesting that you mentioned that because I think a couple of things that I just heard you say was one is like really being uh, open to listening, the inner wisdom or inner guidance or the GPS from within, uh, yes. praying, if you will. And, uh, and sometimes it could be totally contrary to what your past has been telling you in the sense that, you know, you're not a good writer or not a good... Uh, coach and things like that, but it could totally open up a whole nother profession. And I think the litmus test in in a lot of ways would be uh, that you're enjoying doing it, you love to do it, you're happy doing it, and that's really what it tells you that you're in the right path, the right profession. Now that's really beautiful. Uh, so let me ask you this: you know, when you reflect back on your life, and it doesn't have to be just career oriented or anything like that, but when you reflect back on your life, were there one or two moments in your life uh, that changed the trajectory of your life? And what I mean by that is we all have these strategic inflection points or in our business, in our life, in a career, uh, when we can all say, when, when life is never the same again moment, you know, that success just happens and it takes off. Obviously, this was one of the moments. Were there any other moments yes. in your life that you said, wow, this is something, that this could really work? I, I think this... This is what that had that major breakthrough in. Was there a moment, can you recall, in your life like that? Oh, yeah. Actually, there have been many uh, mm. instances that at the time seemed like the worst thing ever. It seemed like, oh, my gosh, things were falling apart. Um, I'm thinking about when my father died at when he was age 40. I was not even... 18 years old. I hadn't graduated yet from high school. That was like the worst thing. And yet it shifted me into um, being more self-sufficient, more uh, confident. Mm. I think um, I was definitely a daddy's girl and um, definitely um, 
I think had been uh, born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And so sort of having that removed and sort of being on my own and saying, you know, it's not all always going to be easy or uh, comfortable or what you thought. So that was maybe the first big aha. Um, and then and then I thought I was going to be a music teacher. I didn't even really go into that. That was my actual first career. Uh, I love to sing. I'm a vocalist. And um, so that was my first career. And yet I, when I graduated from uh, college, uh, they were laying off teachers in my county here in Jefferson County um, to pay for busing, mm-hmm. of all things. So they were laying off the, the art and music and PE teachers in the elementary schools. So not only did I not have any experience, I was now competing against all these teachers with years and years of experience. So it's been numerous times. And then the whole, when I got laid off from um, my job at Kentucky Fried Chicken, I loved that job. I loved my boss. I loved the work that I was doing. And um, yet... It just keeps getting better, you know, and I keep finding that with every change, with everything that seems like it's um, it's a uh, it's a difficult hurdle, it's an obstacle, it's something that I had not anticipated. There's been a blessing in each one, and I think that's important for us in life. We have to look for the blessings and look for the good that comes out of the, the change in circumstances that will inevitably cross our path. No, that's, uh, that's really uh, very inspiring you share that. It uh, reminds me of the Napoleon Hill quote. I think it goes something like this. With every adversity comes a greater or an equivalent benefit if you look for it. <laughs> yes, And uh, look yes. for the opportunity. And uh, no, that is, uh, that's definitely awesome. So, that brings up another question. So in your career uh, with NSA and as, uh, you know, even with in your HR professional days, uh, were there any mentors uh, that uh, you wanted to emulate that inspired you? Anybody you want to give a shout out to that uh, fascinated you or anything that comes to, anybody comes to mind? I would say that that person for me is Elizabeth Jeffries, who is still an active member of uh, National Speakers here in Kentucky. Uh, she was one of the founders of our chapter. She kind of took me under her wing, and it's because of her mentorship and friendship over these years that I feel like I have been able to accomplish so much. So, yeah, I think with with um, – with anybody who has done well in life, chances are there's been someone, you know, cheer, cheering them on and uh, supporting them. And I've certainly been blessed with those people. And Elizabeth has certainly been that for me. No, that is so great. And uh, we had, as I said, we had Cara uh, Salado on the call uh, not too long ago. And uh, you are one of her uh, favorite people that has helped her, her career and things like that. So, uh, you know, she highly, highly has yes, uh, recommends you and uh, speaks very highly of you. So, uh, uh, and this is uh, a little uh, segue from our conversation here. So, what are your, some of your favorite hobbies and interests? Uh, what are some of the things? Have you considered going back to music at all now that you have established a successful coaching career? Anything you do on the side with music? 
Oh, of course, of course. I couldn't leave music alone, although I did for many years. But I went back and I started taking private lessons again. I started singing with my church choir. I've done quite a bit of solo work with my church choir. I also sang with the Kentucky Opera Company for several seasons. And, um, in fact, I'm still singing with my church choir. I have a rehearsal tonight. We're doing a a wonderful program in a a few weeks, the uh, Duraflay Requiem and... um, Another piece. Um, and then, oh, our choir was just asked to sing with the Louisville Orchestra. So I'll be doing, um, I'll be singing uh, Beethoven's Ninth uh, as part of the chorus. So I'm just a part of the chorus, but still, it, it feeds my soul when I get to, to sing and do those wonderful works. No, that's uh, remarkable. That's beautiful. Uh, now, have you traveled a lot with your speaking and coaching career? Any? Uh, have you made any international trips or any domestic trips that kind of left a impression on you? Any favorite places that you like to travel to? I love to travel. <laughs> I mean, when I, even when I was a little kid, my grandparents lived here in town, and my I loved to uh, pack my bag and go spend the the weekend or whatever with uh, one of my two sets of grandparents. I was so blessed I got to uh, grow up with all four grandparents, and so I think there's something about packing my bags that is very exciting for me. So I love. I've been to New York City, you know. Tens, maybe hundreds of times. I'm not sure. Uh, Washington D.C., San Francisco, New Orleans, Chicago. I mean, I love, love, love the major cities here in in uh, this country. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I was. Um, uh, honored to receive an international training and speaking award and I uh, got to go to India and uh, receive my um, my award there and give a presentation and that was really exciting. Oh nice, which part of India did you go to? Uh, it was um, Mumbai, oh, and wow. we flew into Mumbai, the, the conference was there and then my friend said, well you're, you know, you're you're in India. We have to see the Taj Mahal. So we we did do a trip and uh, went to see the Taj Mahal, and then went back to Mumbai and spent the balance of our time there and had a marvelous time. Oh, wonderful! I'm originally from Mumbai. I've been in the U.S. now for more than twenty plus years now. But yeah, that's oh. uh, yeah. So loved no, that's it. Uh, that's I've good. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's wonderful. So. Any uh, what books have you gifted or reread over the years? Any any recommendations you have for our audience or anything that comes to mind? Or? Now, this would be books I would recommend in addition to my books. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just just asking. <laughs> now we'll, we'll include your book uh, titles okay, in our yes, show notes as well. I would include my books because, especially my books on writing, which I'm very very proud of, that really helped launch this whole career. Um, but uh, I love reading the books that my clients have written. I'm thinking of some that are sitting on the shelf there behind mm. me. And uh, I'm thinking of Lois Kramer's book, More Business. I'm thinking of uh, Color Today Pretty by Stephanie Fager. I'm thinking about West Point Woman by Sarah Paticha, who is mm. among the first women graduates from West Point. Um, so lots of great books sitting back there that uh, I've had the honor of working with their authors. Oh, excellent. And we'll include all of that in the show notes as well so people can find out more about it. Um, at this point, uh, Kathy, when you uh, 
you know, you've been through an ebb and flow of life. And what would you say is your definition of a happy life or a successful life or a good life or a life well lived at this point? Mm-hmm. I think um, part of, of, of living a happy life well lived is um, surrounding yourself with people that you love and, and who love you. I think um, it means probably being really connected to your purpose, uh, understanding your gifts and your uh, your experiences, your story, and understanding how to use that story to give back to others, uh, being linked in with your purpose. Uh, in fact, this past uh, week I was honored by the National Association of Women Business Owners and received an EPIC award oh, nice. for uh, Entrepreneur of the Year. It was very affirming. But we were asked to give a little um, two-minute speech about what we did and uh, sort of the basis for why we believe we should win the award. And what I said was, I know my why. Um, I'm Kathy Fayok. I'm the business book strategist, and I know my why. And I said, I'm not just helping people write a book, you know, get a bucket list item done. I'm really helping change the world one per one one word at a time and that is powerful to be linked with your purpose to know your why i think is at the very foundation of having a happy successful life no that's well said that's so inspiring and congratulations on winning that epic award that's really awesome Uh, And this is a perfect, uh, we're going to switch gears and we're going to get into our next section, Kathy. And these are some of the questions we have received from our audiences. And and so one of the questions that comes up for me is, uh, and and also as we go through this list, is that you say that everyone has a story. Does everyone have a story and does everyone should write a book? If so, why? (laughs) <laughs> that's, that, that's a great question and and actually it's it's funny I was um, uh, sitting my first year in business I was sitting across from a prospective author and she said oh Kathy I just don't know do I really do I really have something worth saying is anybody going to want to read my story and I just said yes 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 I, I believe that with all my heart and soul and I thought why do I believe that so strongly and I thought I should write a blog post about that. <laughs> so I went back and I wrote, well, it turned out to be, I did post it as a blog post, but it, it ended up being my Kathy's credo. And it is what I believe that um, uh, for us as writers, for us as uh, human beings, uh, and if you'd like, I can share all of it or, or something. Yeah, of it please do. Here. I mean, I love your uh, Kathy's Credo, and I'm actually uh, looking at it right now, and it, it is amazing. It's so inspiring. So, yeah, please go ahead and share a few okay, of those or all of those. Yeah. I believe we are created with a purpose. I believe we each have value and significance. I believe that we all have unique experiences that shape our lives and provide us with a perspective not shared by anyone else. I believe that we can help others by sharing our stories, our experiences, what we've learned along the way. I believe that when we tell our stories, we allow others to bear witness to the purpose of our lives. I believe that everyone can help someone by sharing their story, especially stories of how we've dealt with adversity. I believe that our stories give others the gifts of hope, wisdom, encouragement, laughter, insight, joy. 
I believe you can never know the full impact of your story on others. Mm. I believe that if you impact just one person in a positive way by telling your story, that impact gives meaning and purpose to your life. I believe that books are the documents that contain our stories and therefore help document our purpose. And finally, I believe that it is holy work in writing and telling your story. And it is also holy work in helping other people tell their stories. That is a remarkable, very, very inspiring. And thank you for sharing that. Uh, and so let me ask you this. One of the questions that uh, often we get is that what do you, why do you think people, uh, what stops people from achieving their full potential? Is it a belief system? Is it a fear? Or what do you think is uh, in your coaching experience that you found that uh, one of the biggest blocks for people to explore their potential to the fullest? I think there's a couple of things. One is some folks just don't have the vision. They don't see it as a possibility. And I think just opening others' eyes to the possibility of what can be is something that not everybody has. And so sometimes by working with someone, like by, by working with me as a book coach, I can help my authors see a bigger vision. So how, how they can take their intellectual property, the, the, the uh, information that they know, the experience that they've had, and share it with the world in a bigger way than they have ever dreamed possible. So I think first just having that vision. Um, and then the second thing is that I think people are very afraid. Um, and it's and it doesn't seem I mean sometimes I'm working with these really incredibly smart and confident and bold people who are terrified about someone else reading what they've written. Uh, and I just find it so hard to understand, but there is this negative voice inside of each of us that says, hey, play it safe. Uh, don't don't put yourself too far out there. It could be dangerous. You could trip and fall. You could hurt yourself. You could embarrass yourself. And wow, what we all need is to get over that, that fear because playing it small doesn't serve anyone, uh, especially ourselves, but it doesn't serve the world. And so I'm, I'm constantly working with my authors to help them um, see the vision and then get over their fear and help them step into the possibility of what they can be. No, that is uh, really awesome. And, uh, you know, coaching can play such a big difference in uh, helping people just uh, 10x their potential, if you will, in a lot of different ways. And because uh, one of the reasons I found is that you don't get to see your own blind spots, what a coach can do for you. I mean, the coach can literally, it could be that one skill or that one insight that can totally be a game changer for lots of people. So I'm curious, Kathy. So let's say an executive was listening to this podcast and is uh, mm-hmm. looking to uh, write a book or launch his next career or a and, you know, she comes to you for advice and wants to hire you as a coach. Tell us about your coaching process. And you have one of the uh, one of the best uh, titles from six weeks to a book uh, uh, you know, or, or a blog to a book. So tell us tell us more about that. So how would yeah, you. OK, so, yeah, my book is uh, on your mark from first word to first draft in six weeks. Now, I have to say, first of all, a lot of people don't don't 
do it in six weeks because many of my uh, clients are super, super busy executives. They have busy coaching practices, speaking practices, consulting practices. Uh, they are crazy busy people. So uh, how do you fit in a book? Well, it is possible to fit it in, but and you don't have to put your life on hold to do it, but you do have to have some time in order to write it. So uh, what I typically do when I'm working with a client is to start any coaching process with a strategy session. And that strategy session is is usually a two to three hour meeting where we talk about the goals that the individual has for their business, for their life, for their career. Where do they want to go? How do they want the book to take them there? And then we build the strategic plan for the book that supports their business career life. And by integrating that, so a book doesn't stand by itself. Well, I guess it can stand by itself, but I, I see that some, some authors write the wrong book. Mm. They don't write the book that's going to propel their business or career or help them achieve the goals that they want. So it's important that they write the right book. <laughs> so that's the first step in the process. So we, we strategically talk about where the individual wants to go, where that executive, uh, what their dreams are, what their vision is. And then we craft the strategic plan for the book, which includes the um, uh, thesis statement, the purpose statement, um, the targeted reader, identifying who that reader is, um, putting together the content outline and then putting together a project plan to complete the book and then being really realistic about what you can do because we don't want people feeling guilty about this project that's hanging over their head. Um, in fact, I was just talking with a with an author who's going on a fabulous uh, vacation with her family. I think she's going to Germany and she's gonna. it's going to be this fabulous thing. And, I, and she said, oh, I know I'll probably need to write. And I said, no, I think you need to be intentional about what your plans are because maybe for this next week your first priority is to be with your family to enjoy this trip to to enjoy being in in germany um, and not to stress over your book maybe that's your first priority so she was kind of relieved that i'd given her permission to um put something else uh as a priority in front of the book because the book isn't always the first priority mm-hmm. uh, but it's having that imbalance with life and what you want to achieve and that's what I help my authors do no that is uh, that is so great so it sounds like you have an initial uh, two to three hour strategy session that helps them clarity get some clarity around their vision what their next career move needs to look like yes. and then align that book to the purpose instead of just having write some wrong book that goes yes. nowhere. So it's important to write the right book for you. And so that's clarity is power, as they say, and you really, uh, that's uh, remarkable. So uh, the other thing that comes up is uh, you also talk about most people may already have written a book. Isn't that correct? Within the, in the form of a blog that they've been blogging for many That's right. And there is, it's, <laughs> yeah. and in a way that you can repurpose your blog into a book. So tell us more about that. Okay, if you've been writing a weekly blog for one year or you've been doing a once a month 
a blog for several years, chances are you have enough content for a book. Uh, I realized this when uh, I was attending the National Speakers Association uh, convention one year, and within 24 hours, I had four people come up to me and say, Kathy, I've been blogging, I have all this content, I feel like I have enough content for a book, but I don't know how to uh, take it from all these disparate blog posts and put it into a book. Can you help me? And I thought, oh my gosh, yes, I can help you. And then I thought, oh, that has to be a coaching project. I could do a coaching package around that. And then I thought, oh, that could be a speech that I could give. And then I thought, oh my gosh, that's my next book. (laughs) (laughs) So I did write blog to book. uh, And the subtitle is Repurposing Content to Discover the Book You've Already Written. Because I suspect that a lot of people out there have already written their book. uh, And it's just a matter of pulling together those pieces, stitching them together to form a really rich uh, book that can help your clients. No, that is great. And then uh, the other thing also, you have a fantastic uh, section on your website called the Writer's Pledge. Say a little more about that. What is okay. a Writer's Pledge and why, <laughs> why should people uh, take that pledge on? Well, it's it's funny. It started with uh, one of my clients who was telling me that she had um, – custody of her grandchild and so they had developed this pledge that they started each day with and she was telling me what the pledge was and I thought oh that's so great to affirm what you're doing each day with this positive statement and I thought I wonder if I might write a writer's pledge so I got some feedback from my authors and I put this pledge together and if it's all right I'll share it yeah, with please you do. Here. Yes. okay I pledge that I will use my power to make today a fantastic day. I will block writing time on my calendar, and I will honor that time commitment and hold it as sacred creative time. I pledge I will not allow my negative voice to guide my thinking or stop my creative process. I will surround myself with people who love me and support my writing. I pledge to tell my story, to share my experiences with authenticity and without apology. I know that in telling my story, I can provide others with the gifts of hope, wisdom, and joy. And finally, I pledge that I will continue to work so that I gain clarity and focus for my readers, audiences, and clients. Then I can continue to make the world a better place, one word at a time. That is beautiful. It's uh, it's really uh, it's the difference between an amateur and a professional. It's like that's exactly what a professional does, and that's uh, that's really amazing. And since we're on the topic of the mindset, Kathy, uh, one of the things that you shared uh, during the NSA event here in Seattle that stayed with me, and uh, and it had to do with the question about sharing your best content for free it's giving it out there leaving your best material out there for free and one of the things you said was it's really coming from an abundant mindset because uh, the universe uh, you know you give to the universe universe like gives you back in abundance so tell us more about that mindset because I think that's such an important distinction that people need to know uh, because a lot of people hold on to their uh, best material waiting for uh, another opportunity or uh, some date in the future to share that. But you say that that's not the right strategy. Give it out. Share it. Uh, 
Give it out. Yes, absolutely. Um, I remember working with a a thought leader at one point in time, and she really wanted to get her intellectual property out there in the world. And so she had uh, worked with uh, a consulting group to help her do that. But she was so protective of her intellectual property that she wanted to keep it under lock and key. And it's like you can't do both at the same time. You can't be a thought leader and socialize your content and have people following you if they don't know what it is that you believe. So you have to put it out there. You have to put it out there. And then you develop people go, wow, that content is so great. I want to go to the leader. I want to go and work with that person because they're the person who can really help me apply it to my situation. So I've been a believer for many, many years now that your intellectual property, yeah, we, we want to do some things, of course, to protect it and, you know, uh, copywriting and so on. But I believe in the theory of abundance that we put our uh, information out there and it comes back to us um, you know at least threefold tenfold uh, it's just it's miraculous sometimes uh, we can't I don't think it's possible to give in this world and not receive more than you give yeah that is such a beautiful sentiment uh, totally uh, totally appreciate you reminding us all of that uh, uh, that beautiful uh, paradigm of abundance uh, and moving on to the next section, and this is really uh, about the industry in general, about the publishing industry in general. And uh, some of them uh, could have written a book, and it's kind of like uh, may have, uh, you know, have had no traction in the last few years. Uh, now, do you help some of the authors to repurpose their book that they may have written and repackage uh, it so that it gets some uh, more eyeballs and more traction in the marketplace? Absolutely. I think that um, one of my publishers said, you know, books are not like fruit that rot on the shelf. (laughs) You know, you write a good book and it's going to be evergreen for quite a while. So we should not treat our books as if oh, it's old news, uh, unless it is dated in some way. But then you have an opportunity to release it uh, with new content, fresh content, as a second edition or a third edition. Um, Or you can retitle it and make it something else altogether if you own the intellectual property, if you own the copyright. So it's never too late to take your book and... um, Look at it, making it fresh, seeing what new audiences might uh, find it appealing, and work to get your message out to a broader audience. No, that is so great. And and one of the things you, Kathy, you mentioned is uh, your book is your business card, your best brand branding tool out there. Why is that? And tell us more about how can people leverage a book as a brand. Well, I'm I'm just a huge believer that a book is your best calling card Um, because what you've done is in effect um, you've shared a lot of information for one you've you've shared your story your values your perspective Um, you've given your reader an understanding of who you are that you're someone to be trusted that you're someone that is credible And so you're giving them a lot of information that helps them say, wow, I want to hire this author 
to speak for my conference or to consult with my group or to provide coaching for me as an individual. So I'm a big, big believer. In fact, my new book that is coming out um, this, I think, sometime between June and July of this year, co-authored with Lois Kramer, Mm. is The Speaker Author, Sell More Books and Book More Speeches, which is about the interplay of... um, Books as a calling card, really. Books that will help you not only sell more books, but books that will help you sell speeches and speeches that will help you sell books. No, that is such a great, and we'll include that in the show notes. I think that's such an important uh, topic of conversation as well. And I want to kind of get into that here in a bit. But let me ask you this, though. Have you seen the publishing industry uh, changed over the years? Now, what I mean by that is, there has opened up a new avenue of self-publishing, and there has always been the, you know, the New York uh, yes. publishers, of the traditional publishers. So when yes. you write a book, we always have the choice of okay, going self-publishing or going traditional publishing. Uh, what What are your thoughts on that? Why, where is this going? Uh, what's happening now in the industry, and where do you see that uh, evolving into the future? Well, it used to be that self-publishing was called vanity publishing because you would pay somebody that, you know, nobody else wanted your book, but you could pay and have it published and get it out there in the world. Um, And I guess in some ways that really was vanity publishing. But because the, the traditional publishing world has changed so much, we're finding that it's really much more lucrative for most authors to, um, publish their book themselves because of several things. One is, uh, yes, when you sign on with a traditional publisher, you receive an advance against royalties, but many times uh, they expect that that advance will be turned back into PR and promotion for the book. So it's not like you're getting money for the book. Um, there's a there's a mistaken thought that the publisher is going to be out there promoting your book. I have yet to find the author who has said, oh, yeah, my publisher did so much to, to help get my book out there. That just doesn't happen. And then, furthermore, to buy your books and then to give them as a calling card. So for me to give on your mark to a pr- prospective client, um, I can do this for about 3 to $5 a book. If I were traditionally published, that same book would cost me anywhere from 10 to $15. So that becomes a kind of expensive calling card. So there's lots and lots of reasons to go the self-publishing route today, and it's much more uh, accessible. It's much more um, profitable, and you have more creative control. So there's, there's lots and lots of reasons that I think – uh, self-publishing is the preferred method today. No, that is so great. And then uh, the other question uh, before we get into uh, the speaker, author, upcoming book of yours with Lewis Kramer, uh, one of the things that I'm curious about is tell us a little bit about the promotional campaign because I think that is a huge part of not only writing a book but getting it to the uh, you know the right customer or the right client. So when should promotional campaign uh, begin? Do you have to wait until the book gets out, or do you start maybe a few months ahead of time? What are your <laughs> yeah, uh, tips on yeah, that? Yeah, you start. You start before, and that's why you know the book had. Uh, I mean, I've gotten the edits back uh, from the editor. I've just got the cover art done for the book, so we can have it out in a in a matter of weeks now. 
Um, but we, we're smart business women <laughs> and we want to do some advanced publicity. So I just had, um, I was a guest, um, uh, blogger on a, a really great writing, uh, blog post and, um, Again, it was an excerpted article from our book. Mm. So, and, and it talked about this is excerpted from the forthcoming book. And so we're going to be doing a lot of things that will prepare for the book. We want to have the cover art so we can start putting that on our email signatures, start doing uh, social media blasts and so forth. So we are going to be doing a lot of promotion for this book well in advance of its launch date. No, that is great. And I really wish you all the success with that book. And I know it's really going to be awesome uh, because a lot of people are looking at combining the the interplay between speaking and writing. And I think that's such a great topic. Uh, so this is a perfect segue into our next section. And I would be remiss if I don't ask you the question. You've also been the president of the NSA chapter at Louisville, Kentucky. That's also part of your uh, expertise as giving talks and speaking. Yes. So somebody who's starting out in the industry, in the speaking industry, and they really want to accomplish their dream of becoming a successful professional speaker, what would be, when you reflect back, what would be the three best tips that you can give somebody who's listening, uh, want to be a professional speaker want to be successful in this profession what are some of the best three tips you can provide them okay the best three tips number one is give as many speeches as you possibly can (laughs) so get out there and speak speak for free speak to get uh your skills honed and confidence built so speak 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 um Number two is treat it like a business because it is a business. So um, you need to have a business model. You need to have a business plan. You need to have business hours. Uh, it's not just think this thing you can do, sit in your pants. It's not going to magically come to you. There is no bureau out there who's going to just pick you up and book you and sell you exclusively. So you're going to have to work like a fiend to make this work. So treat it like a business, work it like a business. And then the third idea, because I am a a book coach after all, I'm going to say write. (laughs) When I was starting my business, I did lots of writing, even though, as I said, I don't like to write. I don't think I'm a particularly good writer, but I have evidence that that is really what started my career. Um, I went in to call on... um, an association early on, and while they never booked me to speak, they uh, I happened when I was talking with the uh, executive director. I saw that there was a magazine uh, from their uh, their uh, organization on her desk, and I said, "Oh, are you ever looking for content for your magazine?" And she said, "I'm always looking for content." And what I have found is anybody who has a publication is always looking for content. So the whole idea is to find out who's looking for the content that you provide, what groups are hungry for the information that you uh, can speak about, and then write for those groups. So I wrote for a lot of HR publications. I wrote a lot coming from the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry, did lots and lots of writing for the hospitality industry. And then what happens is you get picked up in one publication. I was picked up 
for in the Kentucky uh, Restaurant Association publication. And then I got a call from the Missouri Restaurant Association. <laughs> and I said, oh, you, you saw my article in the Kentucky publication. It's like, no, we saw it in our publication. So they shared that, that, that information. And that was great because that got me booked in Missouri and then the Canadian Restaurant Association and so on. So I got lots and lots of work by being a published, um, uh, just published in in uh, journals, trade uh, magazines, and magazines. so on. Yeah, well, that's great. That's such a fabulous tip right there. Uh, so, one other question before we jump into our final section, which is a rapid fire round, and that is, uh, Kathy, it's, here's a hypothetical question. Let's say it's a time machine, and you could go back in time and talk to your young self. What advice would you give her? Hmm. <laughs> well, I'm not sure she would believe me. <laughs> you know, um, my younger self was pretty hard-headed and um, some pretty arrogant at times. I'm not sure she would have listened to the older, wiser me. Um, there's some things I think I just had to learn on my own, but I would have said be open to listening to others, be open to um, a path that you have not thought of yourself, be open to um, something that you perhaps haven't even dreamed about. But like I say, I'm not sure I would have listened <laughs> No, I mean, this This is really good advice, and I'm sure anybody out there, uh, some a younger executive listening to this or uh, could use that information and can benefit from it. So, no, that's great. So, um, so as I said, the next section is a rapid-fire round, and these are some okay. of the fun questions uh, that I'm going to ask you, That and it's your first response that comes to mind. Okay. So, my first, que- <laughs> so my first question to you is, are you ready, Kathy? I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so the question is, who's your favorite music band? Well, it's funny. I don't really have – I mean, I like classical music. Mm. So you might ask me – a better question would be what – Who's your favorite? Opera star that I I love. um, Cecilia Bartoli uh, is one of my favorites. Oh, nice, nice. A lot of people probably have never heard of her, but I think she's fabulous. (laughs) Excellent. That's that's really good to know. Now, the next question is, whose brain would you like to pick? Mm, I'm thinking Einstein. Why not go for the best? (laughs) All right. And the next question is, if you could have witnessed one event in history, what would that be? Mm, The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm. (laughs) All right. Now, if you could be successful in another profession, which would you choose, Kathy? If I could let's say it, ask it again? Yeah, if you could be successful in any other profession than what you are in right now, which one would you choose? Gosh, I don't know. I, I'm just so darn happy where I am right now. <laughs> And I never would have picked this, you know, so um, so I think I'm just going to leave well enough alone. All right, alone. fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, and then the other question is, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? Oh, what, what 
Am I, am I doing what you want me to do on this earth? <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. And then uh, one final question within the rapid fire round section, and that is if you could have any message of your choice on a billboard, what would that be? It can be a quotation. It could be a, a title of a book. It could be anything. So what, what would be, uh, what would that say? Mm-hmm. I'd say that writers authors can change the world one word at a time i love that it's the pen is mightier than the sword it's uh, it's beautiful all right so then i got the final three questions for you kathy and this is uh, how we'll wrap it up the first question for you is what is your current personal business project that you're working on or you're looking forward to in the next six months to a year from now okay well it's finishing this book for sure. That's really all I'm thinking about right now is finishing the book, getting it edited, getting the cover art approved, starting the marketing process um, beyond what we've already done. We've already done quite a bit. Um, and so that is definitely um, number one on my radar. Uh, and then I'm always, of course, being <laughs> being a book coach. Now I'm thinking, okay, so what's the next project (laughs) i don't know (laughs) but i'm always trying to you know i'm trying to think about what that might be that's great and uh how can people reach you kathy uh what are some of the social media sites that you have a presence on do you have have like facebook twitter instagram or or what is website the best way to get uh, reach you or my website is kathyfyock.com um my um Facebook is very active, Kathy, um, Kathy Fayok, the business book strategist. I'm on Twitter, at, and that's at Kathy Fayok, and LinkedIn, Kathy Fayok. Excellent, <laughs> and we'll include all of that in the show notes as well. Great. And great. The, next, the next question next question is, what are three things you're grateful for in life? Hmm. I'm grateful for... Um, Gosh, wonderful friends and family, um, wonderful health. I, I had a little scare uh, about a year ago, and my back was giving me all kinds of problems, and that seems to be working beautifully now, so I'm very, very blessed with good health and, um, and my faith, um, having a faith that has sustained me and uh, gives me hope each and every day. That's uh, uh, really inspiring and beautiful. So I want to take a moment here, a couple of moments to uh, acknowledge you, Kathy. One that uh, you have really uh, helped people be present to their own calling and their own mission in life. I mean, you've helped so many hundreds of people out there with your speaking, with your coaching. And, you know, it's really the biggest service a, a human being can do to help bring out the greatness or listen for the greatness in others. And that's what you do uh, with your work, with your conversations, with your speaking, with your coaching. So that's really uh, remarkable and inspiring. And the second thing is I've also noticed uh, just uh, based on a conversation is that your incredible ability to identify opportunities to make a difference and kind of work on new creative, innovative projects and that's something uh, that is uh, beautiful because it all gives us new material that we get to uh, witness from uh, your creative process. So thank you for doing what you're doing and thank you for being who you're being, Kathy. 
Well, thank you for being who you are being, too. This is a, a great opportunity. Uh, I love uh, the fact that we've sort of uh, gone off the beaten path and talked about quite a few things, and it's really been a joy being on your program. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. And one final question, and this is how we uh, wrap up all our interviews, and that is, why do you think people should listen to the wisdom of friends? Hmm. I think our friends, our true friends, have uh, our best intentions. They they want the best for us. They want um, uh, the best that life has for us. And so um, it's it's good to listen to our friends. Great. Thank you so much uh, for your time today, Kathy, and uh, really enjoyed our conversation and appreciated you being on the call here. And for everybody listening, with that, we'll wrap it up. And if you like what you heard, please share. Don't be shy. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom of Friends show with Carla Ras. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to wisdomoffriends.net to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. We hope you'll pass along our web address, wisdomoffriends.net to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section on the website for previous episodes and subscribe on iTunes. Rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank Thank you. you. This has been a Seven Symphonies production. Join us next time for another edition of The Wisdom of Friends.